and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbine. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends, which is us. Clearly. Mm-hmm. We read the news. So, so you, you don't, don't have, have to. to. Um, wow. This week has been... A shit show. A wild ride. Like, it yeah. started off with Trump just, like, low-key tweeting a, 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 a nuclear I, threat. Yeah. And then... We've got all these tapes. Like, there's just so much. I feel like there's a lot of stories, but none of them have, like, gained the dominance of, because there's so many, of, like, a migrant children's crisis. Yes. And also Helsinki was a week and a half yeah, ago. Yeah, I know. I know. It was, like, all of that craziness happened, like, a week ago, and then now there's just yeah more craziness. Um, So... I guess, God, how do we even begin? Well, first of all, we want you all to stick around to the end of this episode because we have a really, really amazing interview with Shanice Simmons from Rock the Vote. And she actually, like, for the first time, truly since November 8th, 2016, made me feel optimistic. Yeah, she was very calming. There's something very soothing about her. Yeah. And she was like, a po- I feel like she's one of those glass half full people. Yes. Which and I'm she, not. No, so. but she made me feel like I was... For briefly a yeah a glass half full person and right. that i appreciate it was nice to feel that way again and to be like oh my god like we can make the system work for us and we can do all these things and, right yeah. kind of okay, okay so you guys should definitely listen to the interview it was great yes she was wonderful um and we're gonna be partnering with them to help register voters so that's um, you that's that's you i'm gonna be sending those links out in the newsletter we're gonna be putting up some articles we're gonna be it's gonna be a whole thing you're gonna see it all over all all of our things register to vote so look out for that um so elise what's getting you through the week oh okay well first so first thing, this was what I was what was originally getting me through the week, and then something else happened, and that's the new thing. So first, obviously, RIP to Ivanka Trump's clothing line. Yes. That's, you know, where will we buy our peplum tops? Tacky as fuck peplum <laughs> tops. Where will we buy... Like dresses made by Chinese factory workers. Yeah, so where will I? I want I I want a scarf that catches on fire, and (laughs) I don't know where I'm gonna get one now. Um, and the reason that's interesting is because if you guys listen to our Tuesday episode with author of Born Trump, Emily Jane Fox, when she came in, she was like, I only have this amount of time because news is going to break about Ivanka. Yes. And that was the news about about her fire scarves. Yes. And by fire scarves, I mean flammable. Um, So that was just, that was crazy to have someone be like, news is going to come out. And then like literally at the exact time that she said the news was going to come out, it came out. I want to be a journalist. I know. It was so, it was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So that was originally getting me through the week. But now what's getting me through the week is the news that Betsy DeVos, <laughs> Betsy DeVos's yacht was untethered by vandals and sent drifting out into the sea, <laughs> which... How far could it have really gotten, though? I'm wondering. Like, it's a yacht. It it probably moves slowly. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't really, it seems like she's going to get it back. Like, they're going to bring it back. But I just love, I love the, the, decisive action that these vandals because all the articles call them vandals which i really like i love the decisive action of these vandals that they're like that is betsy devos's yacht we're gonna send it adrift into the sea so i looked up some stuff about the yacht it's a 40 million dollar yacht 
casual. Is, is that a lot for a yacht? I don't know where that actually ranks in the scheme of yachts, but it is one of 10 yachts that the DeVos family owns. Oh, so this is like not even a big deal if they get it back. It's 163 feet. It's called the SeaQuest. The SeaQuest? Um, you couldn't have done better than fucking SeaQuest? Ryan SeaQuest. <laughs> yacht. Oh um, it's called the SeaQuest. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is the 10th yacht that they named. And if we look back, all the other yachts have like increasingly better names, like starting with the first one. Either way, casual it, reminder that Betsy DeVos wants to cut $13 billion in aid to students who were defrauded by fake schools. So fuck Betsy DeVos and her $40 million yacht. If you were, if you were Betsy DeVos, what would you name your yacht? I'd name it fuck poor people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the school choice. <laughs> like, I don't know. The the bear fighter. <laughs> like, I'd name it just another fucking blonde Republican woman yeah, who hates, is, who hates everyone. Poor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe, but also maybe that yacht was a part of her strategy to leave land once the bears take over. Once we, once we lose all of our guns and the bears are able to run rampant, yet Betsy DeVos was planning to move to this yacht <laughs> yes or maybe she just wanted a tax write-off honestly i yeah she probably honestly the yacht is 40 million dollars but she probably like writes it off because she's like i do like it's my home office like <laughs> this is yeah. my yacht office she's, like competing with scott pruitt for the biggest grifter yeah like i mean it's i just love it this is like it feels like like a senior prank type yeah. thing that they played on Betsy DeVos and it's like, oh, we untethered your yacht. And then like, I keep thinking about the image of the yacht just kind of like floating away. Oh my God. Uh, you, know what, you know what they could do with the yacht? They could house some poor people. They yeah. could use it to return migrant children to their parents. Yeah, they could take, they could put all the migrant kids that were flown to New York for some reason and they could put them on Betsy DeVos's yacht and they could take them on a nice journey back down to the Gulf of Mexico and reunite them like with the their family. deportation ever. Yeah, yes. <laughs> very, very fancy. Um, but that's probably not what they're going to do with the yacht. They're probably just going to give it back to Betsy DeVos. I mean, so I just, imagine she already has it back. I just like have this image of Betsy like, like being on land and the yacht is like a little bit off the coast and she has a rope and she's just like pulling it back yeah. herself <laughs> yeah that's just my, that's just what i'm picturing in my head but i'm sure it'll not happen that yeah, way i know i like i just like the idea that someone had to call betsy devos and be like hey here's another reminder that literally everyone hates you like anytime you visit a school people shout at you like you're one of the most hated people in the administration you almost weren't confirmed and also someone just <laughs> released your yacht into also, the sea who has 10 yachts do you know ten. what kind of fucking maintenance that shit requires like it's insane. How could you possibly? What do you need, need ten, ten yachts? yachts? Right. This is again like about like the whole like income inequality, like the point one percent. Like they're just so outrageously wealthy that like they need somewhere to put their money. That like ten yachts, it doesn't even like strike them as as pointless. Like, what are the differences? What do you use each of the 10 yachts for? And like, cause you know, it's like sometimes a family will have multiple cars. Cause it's like, well, this is like our, this is like, like dad's nice car. And this is like the family car that we take on trips. But like with 10 yachts, it's like, what are the various uses well, for all these? Yachts? Well, here's the thing is like when you have multiple cars in a family, it's like, okay, this person's going to work this at the same time as this other person needs to go to yes. work. This person needs to go here. This one's bringing it to college with a yacht. You don't typically go on a yacht alone. No. And so like, <laughs> no. 
so so is it like oh sorry like i just need to be alone on my yacht today and you just need to be alone on your yacht today like yeah. like you can only be on one yacht yeah. at one time There's unless unless they're using all the yachts to store the donald crump the donald crump <laughs> donald trump horcruxes oh true maybe that's maybe maybe one of betsy devon's yachts is, is one or- of donald trump's horcruxes <laughs> and she has so many because you can't you yeah, want to be able to not you don't want to like he doesn't like you have to find all we would have to release all 10 yachts into the sea right. to destroy them and it's like really difficult to release all 10 yachts um laura is making a carousel for our instagram today mm-hmm. with the with where what are donald trump's horcruxes Amazing. so guys check look out for that i'm laura, really excited AKA eleanor rosabetch on our yes. <laughs> site she has one of the names that i really sorry like. why did i call her laura <laughs> oops hi laura yeah. anyway yeah. She, we'll know if she listened to this sammy what's getting you through the week okay this is unreal okay apparently donald trump flipped out because one of the tvs on air force one was set to cnn instead of fox news which he like made a decree that they all have to be Mm -hmm. set to fox news so there was one tune to cnn and he saw it and he like flipped the fuck out and you'll never guess whose tv it was whose melania's Melania was um, watching the fake news and I'm sure on the it's slide. No coinc- and I'm sure it's no coincidence because this was at the same time as the stories that were out were about the Michael Cohen tapes, which were about him paying off a porn a store a story of him sleeping with a porn star. So she's probably curious about what the fake news is saying. Yeah, and she was like, "Well, Fox isn't going to give me the skinny on this, no. so I need to head over to CNN." She should have done MSNBC, but that's just me. That's also funny because they just banned this CNN reporter. They wouldn't let the, her um, into the like news conference he held today announcing that we're like not in a fight with the EU anymore yeah for now um, wait but the, the the story gets better oh. so melania's team responded they like her representative let out a statement that says like melania watches whatever tv she wants oh my god <laughs> Ooh, that's like shots fired yeah well i would fire shots if i just heard a tape confirming that my husband paid off a newspaper a tabloid magnate to bury the story of me sleeping with a porn star yeah i mean i would be pissed or my about husband's that porn yeah like i would be like uh hey like you've humiliated me on the world stage again with like uh sexually like like explicit story again so i'm actually gonna watch cnn now and like that's what we're gonna do and you know that he like flipped out way more than she did when he slept with these people i wonder if afterwards like she wore her i don't care do you jacket again (laughs) but like just for him i forgot about that i know oh my god so many scandals ago so many (laughs) i mean that wasn't even really her jacket so she probably doesn't even have it anymore but like maybe maybe she like keeps it just to like make statements whenever she chooses right it's her statement jacket yeah exactly exactly (laughs) i mean i just think we're living in such an amazing time to be doing the news because we get to talk about these things and like the scandals are so endless that i can't even remember yes like, it's like, oh, right. She wore that very offensive, bizarre jacket. Yeah. That was a thing. Maybe another thing that she could do is she could play Dua Lipa's uh, IDGAF. Oh. Yeah. And just like play it on Air Force One and then like not say anything. These and are he, like other statements. And he's like, we only listen to three doors down here. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. Like, what the fuck? Oh my god, I like I'm now I'm imagining Air Force One, but like they're just playing three doors down on loop. Yeah. Oh my god, remember that? How remember? three doors down played at the inauguration? Remember Jackie Avancho? And she and he was like, She's the most famous person, and everyone's like, Who? Who the hell is that? Yeah. She performed at the inauguration. I know. And the Rockettes who refused to refuse to perform. Wow. So much. There's so many. It's like it's so ridiculous to even think back to like how crazy the inauguration itself was and how like I mean, first of all, that's how like Sean Spicer his whole thing. Yeah. And now he's on this book tour being like there well, are things I would have done differently, and it's mostly just that he like humiliated himself so insanely in that first day. Well, yesterday a BBC reporter called yes. him out, like literally yesterday. Um, basically, she was like, "You ruined discourse for this entire country because yes. the day after the inauguration, you came out and lied about the number of people, and that like set the tone for everything." I wouldn't exactly give Sean Spicer all that credit, but I definitely think that he did set a certain tone right out of the gate that like I that like whoever is the press secretary. Secretary or works for Trump will just do whatever yeah, we're he says. Gonna do, we're going to like promote these crazy yeah. lies in sort of the most fanatical way possible. I mean, that press conference was riveting, bonkers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my god! Well, it sort of goes to what something Emily Jane Fox said the other day, which is that like Trump can hold people like in his thrall. Yes, and they, he can get them to do things that they wouldn't otherwise do. I know Sarah Sanders. I mean, she lies the same way, but she has like a more she definitely and we've talked about this she definitely has a, a lock on her emotions a little bit more i call that repressed more than a yes. lock yeah she's definitely like tamping things down whereas sean spicer was just this like raw nerve of emotion that he like he was <laughs> men, all the men all the men are like yeah. raw nerves and the women are like super like put together like ivanka what's her name sanders kellyanne conway yeah. i mean other than her face being like whack but <laughs> yeah. oh, i'm sorry i don't want to like demean women for their looks it doesn't make me better than anyone else yes. I but kellyanne conway that. does look sort of like her own gray, like portrait where it's like she her like as the more corrupt she becomes the more corrupted she seems to appear yes is what i, I have say. no i have no problem blaming her looks on her actions yeah like it seems like it's coming out yeah, she's her own Dorian Gray painting is what yes. I was saying. <laughs> That's a great point. Okay, should we get to the major news? Yes. Okay. Biggest thing, the Michael Cohen tapes are out. The tape? So there are now 100 tapes that what? we're aware of. Yeah, there's over 100 tapes. I thought there were 12. There were 12, and now there's 100. 100? There's over 100. Oh, my gosh. We, we don't know how substantive all 100 of them are, but we're going to insert audio of the main tape for you guys to listen to. Hit it. I need to open up a company for the transfer of all of that info regarding our friend David, you know, so that I'm going to do that right away. I've actually come up and, I've spoken, to and I've spoken to Alan Weisselberg about how to set the whole thing up uh, with so what are we funding. That, uh, yes. Um, and it's all the stuff. All the stuff because you know you never know where that company, no, you never you know, know where he's going to be. Gets it, but Correct. So I'm I'm all over that, and I spoke to Alan about it when it comes time for the financing, which will be listen. What financing? We'll have to pay you. So no, okay. no, 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 no. I got 
no, no, no. So this conversation is between Michael Cohen and Trump setting, and it's about Michael Cohen setting up a company through this guy, Alan Weisselberg, who is the CFO of the Trump organization. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why he mentioned Alan. And they're setting up a company so that they can pay David Pecker, that's mm-hmm. their friend David, um, who's the owner of the National Enquirer. They want to pay him $150,000 so they can buy the story about Trump's 10-month affa- affair with Karen McDougal. Um, the so Pecker was David Pecker is protecting Trump from this yeah. happening, but Trump says like, what if he gets hit by a, a, a truck or something? Meaning, oh like, yeah, that is like, what he's right. Meaning like only David Pecker is the one who's willing to like hide the story. You don't know who's going to be next at the Inquirer that yeah. might not be willing. Yeah, to. Yeah, like if the Inquirer owns the story, then right. at any point someone else could own the Inquirer and release the story. Exactly. So that's what is being implied. And Cohen is saying so. Trump. Cohen's saying we need to set up a way to finance it and Trump is saying cash, 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 cash. Yes, but we don't, in what capacity is he saying cash? This is the big question. And then Cohen is saying no, no, no. Um, So it seems like based on this that Michael Cohen has turned a corner and is no longer looking out for Trump, who he once said he would take a bullet for. He's now looking out for numero uno himself. So he hired a very, very high power lawyer named Lanny Davis, who was Bill Clinton's lawyer, formerly. Surprise, surprise. They all are just one disgusting, impetuous, um, incestuous family. Um, So Lanny Davis goes on TV. He called Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani out for saying that Cohen was the one saying they should pay in cash and Trump was saying, no, they shouldn't. So mm-hmm. obviously Giuliani and the Trump team are spinning this that they were, they were um, exonerated. They were exonerated. This. Giuliani released a transcript like of the tape. Like, but it's they, like their version of what they heard. It's, right. They want you to think that like, they want you to interpret the tape as what's in the transcript, but the transcript is bullshit because they wrote it and yeah. the tape is the tape. Yeah, I mean basically like I, I I think NPR described the tape this way and I thought it was good. Like at this point this particular tape is just kind of like a Rorschach test. Like if you're like us and you think that Trump is really shady and does a lot of shady things, what you hear on that tape is like him being shady and doing shady things. But if you're a Trump supporter, what you hear is like, oh, it's a not, I don't hear anything, which is crazy to me. Okay. The, when I first heard, I heard the tape like probably 10 minutes after, like the first time they played it. Yeah. So like they, when I, so when I heard it, there was no like transcript. There was no writing on the bottom of like what was being said. Like I literally just listened and I did find it hard to hear, but you can definitely hear Trump saying cash. Like yes. him, he, cause he, they, cause Cohen's like, we need to finance. We need to talk about financing. Trump's like, what, wait, what financing? Meaning like, he's like, free, you heard him kind of freak out the sort of way when you like get a credit card bill that's a little too high yeah. and you're like, oh my God, wait, like, yes. how am I going to pay for this? And he's like, what financing? And Cohen was like, like to, to like finance the like pay for the story pretty much. He didn't say he didn't say those words. I don't want to sound inaccurate, but you can just rewind and hear what he did say. Yeah. Um. And then Trump was like, just goes cash. Like mean yeah. we're gonna pay it in cash. Don't like don't make yeah, it don't too official. Leave, yeah. Don't leave a paper trail. Basically, what I also thought was interesting was one how they just sound like mobsters the whole time. Like our friend right. David. Like right. Like all this like okay. the way that they talk, and then also. A lot of places like have put like the full audio, some of it just pertains to like day to day stuff that they're doing, and then they start talking about the payment at the end. But I just thought it was interesting to hear him in his like, like hear him like not on. You yes. know what I mean? Like, 
like hear him like the way he talks to his actual associates behind closed doors get in me a Trump. Coke, please yeah like in Trump Tower like and he's just like excellent whatever like it was just interesting to hear him not like not the Twitter version of him not the press conference version of him not when he's reading his hostage statements like this is like the actual him speaking and he sounds like a fucking boss he sounds like exactly what i would have assumed he would sound yes. like in private okay so i think yeah that's something else to comment on is how like sort of naturally there was like nothing needed to be like explained like let's say you and i were gonna pay someone off yeah like we would have to like for the first time yeah. like we'd never done this before we were like yeah and we're like not sure if we should do it because it's like it's like scary yeah. and like illegal we don't want to get entails. caught right we would be like okay so like how do you do it do you like set up a company like they literally had it like buttoned up like they were set with what to yeah. do they, like if i were doing that i'd be like but is it okay like what if like or is it like are we sure we can do this like how much like it would be much more like it would be much less like settled like yeah. assumptions into in the conversation that was another thing that it just sounded like another bullet point in the meeting you know what i mean yeah like it wasn't like like again going back to what you said if this was like something that they didn't normally do or wasn't like regular practice for them i feel like it would be its own separate conversation but this is like something that michael cohen tacks on to like clearly just like the day-to-day -day rundown yeah. conversation of everything that's going on he's like okay like where's the Spoke press alan <laughs> have we spoken to alan when are we gonna pay off this playboy playmate like yeah it was like just part of like yeah like if i were paying someone off it would be a tortured conversation yeah. i would go back and forth a thousand times like i just wouldn't be sure I wouldn't like be so like it wouldn't be the kind of thing that you could discuss in shorthand yeah and they were able to kind of discuss it in the shorthand the same way it's like deciding where to go to dinner yes like and like they can dance around it a little bit because they don't and 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 that's part of the reason they sound like mobsters to me is that they're like our, first of all our friend David is the thing that really sounds like mobsters and then yeah. also just calling it financing and like all this stuff like they are clearly using language that where like they understand what's being talked about but they're not like well, I did feel like Cohen was trying to make it a little bit more evident because if, okay, it's clear that if there's over 100 tapes that he had in his mind that he was like afraid of what was going to happen, he wanted to have some form of security and he was regularly recording him. Yes. For me to, I don't think I could record you 100 times. No, like, I mean, like, like no. it would take me like so long so to have enough sub meetings yeah. to record me. But also, like, I love that. Michael Cohen is so fucking useless that he couldn't even get a clear tape. <laughs> no, but I think he was trying to make it like he like he was saying things like, how are we going to deal with the financing? Like, if yeah, he, he might have said something like he might have said something different if he oh, wasn't I trying just mean to audio quality. I'm like, you can't oh. even get a good fucking mic. Like you, you, you graduated from the worst law school in the U S you're, you're a fixer. Who's never fucking fixed anything. And you can't even, you can't even illicitly record your own shitty client on yeah. a decent mic. Like yeah. he's just useless. He's I mean, a useless man. Trump <laughs> may end up being a fixer for us yeah he's gonna fix the fact that we have a wacko in the white house i know yeah michael cohen actually is like the one who saves us all that would be so funny it always is that it's always like the consigliere who like turns on the mob boss yes. i mean I've, I've actually been thinking about this a lot um trump the, the trumps basically are 
they they are mob people. The only reason they're not like literally mob people is because they're not Italian and they're not Jewish, (laughs) and like they're so they're not from like the typical like mafia backgrounds with which is sort of like an ethnic thing. Like mafias are run on like an ethnic group of people. I just found out recently that there's like. A Cuban mafia, and they're going to make a movie about it. Right, exactly. But it's like, like the Cuban mafia. Yeah, like exactly. I don't think they're having non-Cubans in it. No. But Trump, because because white Protestant men have always been number one in society, they didn't need to be illicit. Yeah, they didn't need so to be. So he mafia. just became a mafia like style person in like allegedly legit things. They are like they are like a crime family. Like they, yeah. like like crime right. family is how I would describe them. They do their their crimes are less like like, yeah, we're gonna like sell, like we're gonna run the numbers and gambling, and it's more like real no, but, estate fraud. But the only reason that it's that is because they're wasps and they're yeah. not Italians, so they didn't need to go into these other industries. Like, yeah. if you look at like industries, they they do align with different different like ethnicities and races. Like they yeah. like some like Jews are lawyers and accountants. Like it's it's just a thing. You know what I mean? Yes. So because they are like these waspy people, they have to go they kind of went into real they went into real estate and then that is like I guess more legitimate seeming. Yeah. But it's like not and mafias also do come out of like sort of like down and out ethnic groups banding together to like create this like black market power like I mean it's it's like funny to think back on how like prejudice against Italians used to be like like they literally Italians were considered not white for yeah. a really long time right and so it's like that's the, the origins yeah. of the mafia the only reason he's not one of them is because he's white yeah he's like so basically like his you can if you're white you can like do your crimes and be kind of like normally normalized in society and just right. kind of like do them and be like oh oops I did real estate right. fraud like whatever right. it gets like it, it, be, it becomes white collar only because he's a wasp yes it becomes white collar when you are white yeah <laughs> that's that's, re- that's really it um, so everyone should stop being so you know racist against the mafia yeah. <laughs> and go after the real problem. Go after the real crime family. Um, okay. Now we have to talk about, now that, I mean, this all is kind of about the same shit. I can't wait for, I mean, obviously more tapes are going to come out. Oh my God. So we'll, I mean, this is ongoing because obviously. I bet you there are other people who taped him too. Oh, if you are doing business with Donald Trump and you are not taping him, you you're never do, gonna get paid you're never gonna get paid and you deserve whatever scam comes your way because like that was dumb yeah that was dumb also he's a man who lived his life on tape so like i also you know like nbc the access hollywood tape like they technically owned it like nbc probably has so much stuff recordings of him that they're just not releasing because they're like low-key in the league with him themselves mark burnett I think has the tapes and wouldn't release them. But how is there not like someone around? You know what? It does take a lot of courage. And it takes time. Like things happen for a really long time before someone decides to like whistleblow on them. So like maybe, maybe our like whistleblowing savior will come. Yes. Somebody send these tapes to Ronan Farrow. Good God. Yeah. (laughs) He will, he will take it from there. (laughs) Ronan Farrow is the only person I trust. I love him. Yeah. Okay. So, next line of news yes um 
yesterday, there were articles of impeachment filed against Rod Rosenstein. And not against who you think. Yeah. (laughs) And they were not against the one. (laughs) The one person who should be impeached. So they're against Rod Rosenstein, who is the deputy attorney general in charge of the Mueller investigation due to the fact that Jeff Sessions has recused himself because he is involved in the collusion. Um, So these were brought by, these articles were brought by two um, representatives, Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan, who I like to call the alliteration assholes. Yes, a lot of alliteration in this story. Rod Rosenstein, Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan. It's very, uh, very Dr. Seuss, I would say. Old-fashioned white people love yeah. alliterative names. Love an alliterative they name. They do. So, with this... Okay, so we'll give you the story and then we'll introduce our new segment. Okay, so... Basically, they have brought these articles of impeachment, um, despite the fact that just a few months ago, Jim Jordan was like freaking out about a potential impeachment of Trump because he was like, an impeachment would disrupt the government. And now here he is bringing the articles himself. Mm -hmm. So as a result of this news, we wanted to introduce a new segment to you called Who is the Biggest Asshole in Congress? Wow. And we this one, so normally... I think the way this segment will run is we'll have just one person. Yes. But now, the, for the first one, it'll be competing. So Sammy and I did some research. Um, Sammy took Jim Jordan. I took Mark Meadows. And we're going to let you guys, uh, you can tweet at us. You can DM us. Let us know who of the two you believe to be the biggest asshole. And we're going to have a poll on the Instagram story. So you can also participate in the in the poll. In the poll. Who is will- a bigger asshole? Also, I did want to say that right before we started recording, Paul Ryan came out and said that he does not support the measure to impeach Rosenstein. But they might be able to bring it to a vote on the floor without Paul Ryan because of something with the rules and they always fuck us with the rules. Okay, so Jim Jordan, should I go first? Yes, go first. Should we respond to each other or? I'll let you provide your. I mean, maybe I'll have a quip here and there, but I'll let you provide your information. Okay, so Jim Jordan is the Republican. Is a Republican representative from Ohio. He's known to be one of the founding members of the Freedom Caucus, which is aka the Tea Party, the farthest right wing of the Republican Party. Whenever you're like, why did the House Republicans do this? It's always the Freedom Caucus that is doing the terrible thing. Yeah, so um, just to... Okay, so... Jim Jordan kind of does all the typical things you would expect. He is against, uh, he wants to defund Planned Parenthood. He always votes against abortion. Um, he hates, he hates um, the environment. Yeah. He really hates the environment. So he's the first member of Congress to sign the no climate tax pledge, which is kind of like an instrument of the Koch brothers where Great. they basically want to increase oil drilling, prevent the EPA from regulating greenhouse gases, remove any tax incentives for using renewable energy, or tax credits for reducing CO2 emissions. Um, he's, you know, just, he's like the usual. Like you'd expect his policies. But he was, um, in 2013, he was considered one of the most powerful people in Congress. Gorgeous. And he was what he was one of the advocates of the government, like one of those original government shutdowns that they were mm-hmm. using to essentially like dismantle Obamacare by threatening to shut down the, the entire government. The 2013 one? Yeah, Ted the big Cruz's, one. Ted Cruz's one where he was like, I've, this year he was like, I've never shut down the government. And everyone was like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I remember 20. 2013 dude he's like he this was like before government shutdowns like this is when they were still a big deal he Mm -hmm. was like one of the number one advocates for it of like using that as a tactic 
In terms of his personal scandals, he also used to be the assistant coach of the Ohio State <gasps> wrestling team, mm-hmm. where he was accused of ignoring accusations of sexual abuse from the team's doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, this is what he's known for now. This ca- this actually came out like pretty recently. Yeah, this is like an ongoing scandal where like all of these people who are on the wrestling team were like, no, you knew, knew about that it. this was happening. And then his defense was, I just thought it was locker room talk. Yeah, I mean, it worked. It works for someone. It's going to work for someone else. What are these people talking about in locker rooms? I haven't spent a lot of time in them, but <laughs> they seem like dens of sin. <laughs> they seem right. horrible. Like, I talked to no one in the locker room. Yeah, I'm I mean, just like in the just, shower and out. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it seems like these guys like, go in the locker room and they're like, okay, let's talk about assault. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, like, and then, like, it's allowed because I don't understand because there's a shower nearby. I don't understand. These fucking people. <laughs> I did. Okay, so Trump's response to this. Jim Jordan scandal is Jim Jordan is one of the most outstanding people I've met since I've been in Washington and I believe him 100% like of course you fucking do okay imagine being a guy who like hears people be like oh yeah the team doctor has been like touching our genitals inappropriately and like showering with us and and you're like that's an amazing date story yeah yeah you're like huh and then just like walk away like you just clock that and you're like well that doesn't seem like something i need to investigate in any way like yeah <laughs> they seem like they're having a good old time okay yeah so within this administration he's been one of the top people who's looking to discredit the Mueller investigation um and asked rob rosenstein to de- disband it which is and he refused which is why we have these articles of impeachment so naturally tr- um trump loves him mm-hmm. he loves trump he supports him to the grave. He says he's never lied. He can't think of anything that he should apologize for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just generally an asshole. Generally terrible. Yeah. Okay. Um, Is Mark well, Meadows worse than him? I think you made a really good case for why Jim Jordan is bad. I mean, ignoring years of sexual abuse is pretty fucking bad. Right. I mean, he's not Roy Moore. No. But he's there. Yes. Let me... He's just Roy Moore's enabler. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Let me... But let me break down. Let me make the case for Mark Meadows being the biggest asshole. Okay. Uh, So he is currently the chair of the Freedom Caucus. Okay. So they're both... They're both in the Freedom Caucus. He was one of the first people to sign the Contract for America, which is the Tea Party's 10 principles principles for America after they got in. Um, those 10 principles were identify the constitutionality of all laws, reject emissions trading, demand a balanced budget, simplify the tax system, audit all federal agencies for constitutionality, limit annual spending, repeal Obamacare, pass in all of the above energy policy, which I think is like a way for them to be like, we should use coal again. <laughs> reduce Probably. earmarks, reduce taxes. Okay. Mark Meadows voted against Hurricane Sandy relief. Meaning like there should not be relief. Yeah. Like there was a relief package and Mark Meadows was like, you know what? No. Why doesn't he sit in somewhere with no power for? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, like literally all of lower Manhattan lost power for several days. I lived on Long Island. I didn't have power for 13 days. Uh, the like Jersey shore was destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I know like multiple people in my family who like completely lost like homes, homes. and not just like beach homes, like their actual house where they live. Yeah. But no. Um, and also the L train tunnel is still all fucked up from hurricane Sandy. Now yeah. they got to shut the whole damn thing down and it's going to cause me a lot of personal inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just crazy to so vote. fuck you, Mark Meadows. So fuck you, Mark Meadows. Yeah, and Lisa's going to get to work late. It it's really, it's going to be a whole thing. It's going to be... I'm not looking forward to it. Luckily, I live close to a J train. Great. Anyway, 
Uh, he was also instrumental in helping to shut down the government over Obamacare in 2013. Uh, before that shutdown, he wrote an open letter to the House leadership at the time, encouraging them to defund Obamacare. He also filed a resolution to remove John Boehner as speaker that kind of kicked off a whole thing that resulted in John Boehner resigning as speaker. And then in 2017, in an interview with Vanity Fair, John Boehner was asked about Meadows, and he said he is an idiot. <laughs> I can't tell you what makes him tick. He does sound pretty dumb. Next up, he does have a sexual abuse scandal of his own. Oh, I thought I was going to beat you with mine. Um, Mark Meadows, chief of staff, Kenny West, who I imagine is the white Kanye West, <laughs> uh, was forced to resign after multiple women accused him of sexual harassment. But... Mark Meadows kept him on the payroll, even though he did not work for him, and pay. And this man made over $58,000 between April and August of 2015, even though he was no longer working at Meadows' office because Meadows kept him on the payroll and covered for him. So his prorated salary was $58,000. Like, in... Between, to do nothing. between April and August, and he was not working because he had been fired for sexual harassment. Um, and Sorry. at the 2016 RNC, Mark Meadows led a chant of lock her up, which is fun. Uh, he is pro-life. He recently demanded the federal government defund all studies looking into climate change. He voted against renewing the Violence Against Women Act. He opposes same-sex marriage. He opposes any gun restrictions and opposes a national firearm registry and he also opposes net neutrality. Okay, I know this is weird, but I feel like they're the exact same. Yeah, the they're, only- they're, very, they're both huge right. assholes. Part of me is leaning on Jim Jordan just because of the, like, the large nature of this scandal with the wrestling team. Right, well, I mean, this guy basically did the same thing Okay, it's it's hard it's hard to tell what's worse. Is yeah. it worse to totally deny knowledge of this scandal? Don't fire the doctor. Don't do anything. Or is it worse to uh, the the guy has to you know the, his chief of staff has to resign? But you're gonna and then you're gonna pay him. him. But I see my thing is I'm like this doctor abused so many people. Or like it, it like perpetuated over time. Like the net weight, but then also paying a guy that you know sexually harassed your own employees who are supposed to be your your friends. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, they're both pretty bad. Also, they're both like, really also, bad. He's for someone who's like all about demanding a balanced budget. Why the fuck would you waste sixty thousand dollars to pay someone who doesn't work for you? That's true. Also, voting it's like just a waste of money. Like literally a waste of money. Regardless of what he got fired for, you're just paying someone to not work voting against the violence against women act too is like what well it's unconstitutional people can attack women if they want want. it's free speech yeah like anyone the the founding fathers wanted women to be attacked i mean (laughs) thomas jefferson like definitely i don't want to defame one of our founders but but he defamed himself in various ways yeah so, guys, I mean, I do think it's a dead heat. It's a dead... They're the same person. They're both horrible. They literally do the exact same things. Like, that. that's the thing. They're they are the same. Yeah, they're cut from the same cloth. They're, as my mom would say, when my mom... This is a phrase my mom uses that I think is very Jersey about, like, when people are both the same level of bad. She goes, oh, they were born on the same day. My mom says that, too. <laughs> Maybe Jersey, mom. Long Island. Yeah. 
in that area. I think it's like a mom saying. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a northeastern yeah. mom saying. Okay. Yeah. They were born on the same day. So Here's these a, two were definitely born on the same day. Another thing that I didn't include about... Um, about Jim Jordan was that Boehner, he also hates John Boehner. And it's like, when John Boehner and you don't get along because you're worse, that's a problem. Like, you're pretty bad. Yeah, John Boehner was like such a funny figure because like I remember hating him at the time. And then he actually turned out to be like so much more reasonable than anyone who would come after. Do you know what John Boehner's doing now? What? He's on the head oh. of like a cannabis. Yes, he's standing legal weed. Well, I hope that he would also support exonerating people who were put in jail for weed when it does become legal. I have John a feeling Boehner. he won't I feel that. I have a feeling that he will leave that part out of his position. Okay. But either way, can I just harken back to a favorite John Boehner moment? Yes. TBT to John Boehner. Yes. One time he was asked he was asked uh, by a reporter about like, he po- was a question about like increased poverty in America based on like something that the Republicans were doing. I can't remember the exact specifics of the question. And his answer was, <laughs> if ands and butts were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. <laughs> that was all he said. What is that? I don't what? know. <laughs> also like candy and butts? If ands and butts uh, were candy. candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. <laughs> and I think about that saying all the time because like... It's meaningless. Like it's... I guess I think he was trying to say like make like, your point yeah like oh you used and and but in your question and like it, it doesn't so Republic- it doesn't make sense but I have always remembered it because I was just like what <laughs> why <laughs> okay that's save that for Dr. Seuss if fans and butts were candy and nuts every day would be Christmas that's amazing <laughs> um, okay so let us know who you think is the biggest, the biggest asshole, asshole in Congress and if there's someone who if you're a congressman you know is a huge asshole and we have not yet spotlighted him please submit via yeah. DM to us who you'd like us yeah. to talk shit about you can also email sup at betches.com and that will send us an email some people have been like sending me stuff to include in the newsletter and I did include it like someone emailed us about how Brock, Turner. Brock Turner's lawyer is now trying to appeal his case saying that it was actually outer course and a form of safe sex which is insane because it doesn't address the fact that the other person wasn't participating because they were unconscious so I just want to understand outer course means like dry humping okay so it was just dry humping which is also not true because that's not what happened that's not what happened two people found him and his pants were off when they found him so well like, maybe it was still outside <laughs> so gross i mean it's like it's so bad and it's also like he already got away with it like right. he already essentially got away with it he only went to jail for six months like right. he's already like he walked away as clean as he possibly could but no he want like it's just one of those things where it's like, take the L, homie. Like, just like, you're one of those hated people in like, yeah. the public consciousness. Truly, everyone hates you. Like, right. stop popping back up in the news with more horrible, ridiculous things. Right. Well, outer course is sort of like what Trump is to the mafia. Like, because he's yeah. a white <laughs> yes. guy, it's only outer course and not yes. race. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's but like, anyway, you just get different names for shit when you're white. Mm-hmm. So someone did submit that to me and I did include it. 
in the newsletter. Yeah, so today. email us up at Betches.com and let us know if you'd like us to include your congressman in the biggest asshole in Congress yes. or congresswoman. Yes. <laughs> we are gender neutral here. I can't include everything all the time, but please do send us your stuff and I like we, we will see it. Yes. Shall we move to one more thing? Yes. One more thing. Okay. My one more thing is that I keep seeing this thing about downloadable guns, like yes. 3D printable guns on Instagram that... Um, basically they're making a policy or getting rid of a policy that doesn't allow that allow, basically will allow for people to 3d print guns that won't be detectable on metal detectors that you don't have to like get a license for because you can just print them because it's like, made of like lego materials i saw a picture of one i was like this looks like a toy but again i think it doesn't really matter that it's made of a toy and it, it works looks like a toy it, i i don't know like it wouldn't melt it that's a great question. I don't know. I literally know nothing about guns. And like, I feel like maybe, maybe you could, sh maybe the, the downside is like you shoot it once and the gun also explodes in your hand. Well, I hope that the first person who that, who tries to do this, that happens to them. You know what? Honestly, I would take that as a compromise, which is like, okay, you can have a gun, but if you fire it, it will explode and blow your hand off. So you have right. to like, really like, it has to be like a really important That's situation. That's sort of like a suicide bomber, at least. <laughs> Yes, that but only the hand. <laughs> only the hand. Okay, you only just, the hand. You just advocated for suicide shooting. Suicide hand. Hand. Yes. Okay. Suicide your hand. Your hand will explode. Okay. What's your one more thing? My one more thing is that. Remember how Donald Trump said that Putin was going to come to the White House and we all got excited. We started ordering our outfits. <laughs> I already scheduled my run the runway. Yeah, I got I scheduled a tan. I'm getting in my I was getting my tan. He's not coming. He had to postpone the visit until next year. Um, Mike Pompeo was called before Congress to answer questions about this. Like he was, in, he was called to answer questions about the Russia summit in general. And he said it's postponed. My favorite thing you wrote in the newsletter was like, he has a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Putin has a thing that Putin night. Can, but it turns out Putin is, has a thing, so he can't come. Okay. What really happened is that he was going to come right before the midterms when the Democrats were going to partly run on the fact that our president is co-opted by Russia. Mm -hmm. And it would probably not have been like the best look for a lot yeah. of people for that to happen. But again, it doesn't matter because the Russians are going to try to manipulate our election anyway. So yeah. like, I don't, I don't really trust the results of this election unless like the democrats get such an insane landslide that like you can't they can't even make up for it maybe putin's thing is that he has to oversee the, the election <laughs> he has to oversee like, the infiltration of our midterm elections he's like oh shit november 6th i'm actually gonna be busy bu all my, day my schedule is just so crazy in you know the month of october and then Trump goes on snapchat and sees that he's like online like <laughs> his house and he's like whoa like i thought i thought you were busy this day and he's like oh i am it's like, and, like, he's like insta story yeah he's insta story like him and he's you like look hacking right. <laughs> we're hacking right now like oh my god okay something i don't think we even like discussed was putin's body like we'll just go, go through this quickly but putin's body language during the summit like he looked and again we're on a podcast so you can't really see it but he looked like he could not keep his laughter in yes. like he was like i can't like 
the, the look on Putin's face was if someone told me that they were going to give me $50 million and I had to play it cool. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Any, like, like, I don't need that. I'm not excited. Like, where's the fuck is the check? <laughs> anytime he's standing next to Donald Trump and Donald Trump is speaking, he actually looks like he is bubbling over with, like, like with delight. Like, yeah. he's like, I cannot believe that I installed this fucking idiot yeah. as president of right. the United States. I can't believe I did it. It's like Meghan Markle. I can't believe I'm marrying a prince. Yes. <laughs> like, like yes, that. exactly. It's Meghan Markle, that, like, picture of her when she's, like, in the carriage, like, looking at everyone. Like, did that's it. Putin all the time. Yeah. He's like, got my man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I caught my man. Like, it's so, it's so crazy. I know. And this is, like, a KGB guy. Yeah. Who, like, probably has, like kept a straight face in the face of like a lot burned a lot of things like he's probably just like the man has killed people yes he's emotionlessly watched people be tortured and shit like but he when donald trump is speaking he literally cannot contain his ex- his, his like excitement, glee. his joy, and he does. Part of it also does look that he's just genuinely surprised at how well this scam right. went. Right, it's like I can't believe this plan worked. Yeah, is the look on his face, like this hat, this actually happened. Yeah, like oh my god, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's Putin. That is Putin. That's like his new vanity plate. I did uh, it. <laughs> um, so guys, stick around at the end of this episode for our interview with Shanice. She provides a lot of information. She'll tell you where to go so that you can sign up for text message updates about local elections, which Sammy signed up for as we were recording. Yeah, it was that easy. Yeah, and and, and you can get, like, Rock the Vote has so much going on, and yeah. it's really cool to hear about their history, so definitely stick around. And also, again, the interview just makes you actually feel like good and hopeful yes and one more thing remember that if you screenshot yourself screenshot your phone listening of you listening to this podcast or if you screenshot any excerpt from the new newsletter hopefully your favorite one and tag us and then dm us your your mailing address we will send you fun stuff stickers Mm -hmm. and people love them we'll repost some later so you can see what you're getting and And please remember to vote in our poll about who the worst fucking congressman is. Yes. Uh, uh, sign up for the newsletters. Uh, rate and review this podcast. It really helps us get out there to other people. And uh, stay tuned for the interview. Stay tuned for the interview. Until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Rallis. I'm Sammy Fishbine. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. We're here with an exclusive interview. I'm Elise Rallis. I'm Sammy Fishbine. And guys, we're really excited to have here with us today. She is the Associate Director of Civic Engagement at Rock the Vote. It's Janice Simmons. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we are very excited. We've been waiting for this interview for a while. We have a lot of votes to rock. Yes, we really really do. (laughs) Yeah, like immediately. Um, So I wanted to ask you, when did you get involved with Rock the Vote? Because I remember, I feel like for as long as I like remember political stuff, I, I remember. remember Rock the Vote, like yeah. the, the MTV like push days. Was yeah. it pre Al Gore or post Al Gore? I feel like pre was, because we got pre. started in 1990, so we're coming up on 30 years. <gasps> oh wow! wow. So I the got, 90s specifically. We say the 90s. <laughs> wow. I got started in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's almost like. It's a that, golden year. That makes sense. Is why I was like, oh, Rock the Vote. Like, literally, we have existed for the same yeah. amount of time. Yeah. So that makes sense. So Rock the Vote started 
with like a lot of music executives and artists because they were pushing back against the censorship and rap music. So our roots are really deeper than in music a lot. Yeah, I feel like I associate associate it with Diddy. Yeah, like, yeah. seeing well, him. Yeah. And then a lot of people do Madonna also. Mm-hmm. Two Life Crew way back in the day, like in the early Rock the Vote days. I remember in 2004, I bought a sweatshirt that said Rock the Vote. I think it had like a guitar and like the part of the guitar was like a check mark for voting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like, I, I could probably still find that. Wow, Bring it back. It. Yeah, yeah that's like back. vintage. I know. <laughs> that's like what I think when I picture Rock the Vote, like this particular sweatshirt. Yeah. I and we're still standing like 30 yeah. years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is incredible because I feel like sometimes a lot like a lot of times especially if it's like a movement that does involve like pop culture yeah. people that it like the it yeah it like the longevity could either stay or go but you guys have been here for so long doing and I this think work part of that is because we focus specifically on young people mm-hmm. and there's always like new energizing ways of young people so like we just focus on building the political power of young people and there's always going to be new young people to come get in the game and like hopefully change the way our nation runs yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean now is now i feel like is even more than in the past like our i feel like our age or cohort was yeah. not as engaged as the current like 17 year olds are they're becoming more and more socially aware socially engaged it's incredible though yeah yeah so are you seeing a lot of like younger people first-time voters or maybe even people who can't vote yet absolutely and i think a part of that came from the parkland situation Mm -hmm. and then march for our lives movement kind of just got all of these young people who aren't even of voting age but talking to people older than them people in their communities about how important it is to be civically engaged so just seeing that and you know witnessing that is so exciting because it's like you may not be a voting age yet but you can still get in the game and be involved yeah yeah so what got you personally interested in this i still try to figure that out (laughs) i do remember specifically i was a sophomore in high school and it was 2008 election Mm -hmm. and obama had won the presidency and so i remember like it being super late and me like laying in my bed at home but knowing that i wasn't able to like vote in such a historical election and so ever since there ever since i was actually able to vote i've just always been like i want to do it i want to talk to my community about it i want to get people engaged but it's just been like this responsibility that just naturally came over me to just be civically engaged. And I remember when I went to college, actually getting registered to vote on a sidewalk from someone. And ever since there was a wrap, I mean, local elections, midterm elections, like we're coming up on this year, Mm -hmm. presidential elections, because I was like, you know, I want my voice to be heard. And, you know, hearing stories about just how many people weren't always able to participate in elections, how difficult it can be to participate in elections and being such a young age and knowing like, hey, I have a responsibility to actually show and stand up for what I believe in and who I want to represent me personally. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about what you do at Rock the Vote. What is your, I want to say like, what's your day to day, but I guess maybe more interesting (laughs) is like, what's your What's like, what are you responsible for? Yeah, so at Rock the Vote, I am responsible for building out a lot of our partnerships. And we're really strategic about our partnerships because we're a national organization, but a lot of the magic happens in the states. Mm -hmm. So we really focus on targeting states that have a, you know, a huge... population of young people, young people of color, or just specific issues that we really want to uplift to young people and make sure that they get out to vote. So a lot of my work um, 
is building out programming in some of those states, making sure that young people are aware of the resources that we actually offer on our website. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and we really work ultimately to demystify the voting and electoral process because it can be confusing and it varies from state to state. So how you vote in New York or how you vote in California, how you vote in South Carolina, they're all completely different because it's a state by state basis. So we really try to you know, build strategic partnerships, work with different types of organizations. So not your traditional civic engagement organizations, but really just being really strategic, like you all working yeah. with you all because you reach a different type of audience yeah. than people that would typically be, you know, involved in the civic engagement process or, you know, getting out the vote, getting registered to vote. So really just trying to build strategic partnerships, especially in the States, like a midterm election year. Yeah. So that's, that's something I've thought about a lot is like, it is so different from state to state. So sometimes yeah. like I'll be writing about, an election for our newsletter yeah and i'm like oh you know what like this i'll be like oh you should go vote in this election or like you keep paying attention and then i'm like i don't even actually really realize like if i'm telling someone oh vote uh vote for stacy abrams in georgia yeah. like check her out you yeah. know where do i actually send them what are the rules in georgia because i know some states have online registration some yeah. don't some and have some early don't. voting some do not so is the rock the vote website somewhere people can go Absolutely. to find that information so one really cool thing we did last year is we um because post 2016 we got a lot of information from young people stating that you know they just didn't know enough about what was going to be on their ballot beyond federal level mm -hmm. and that's you know it's difficult to find that information i can vouch firsthand it is very difficult to find information sometimes on these states and super local um, election websites. So basically we've created like this one-stop shop where you can come learn about what your state allows you to do if they have online voter registration, if they have same-day registration. Because if you have same-day registration, there's not as much stress to meet the voter registration deadline right. or if you have early voting opportunities. Mm -hmm. So we literally have a stop where you can come if you're from Georgia, you can click on it and you can learn everything about what's happening in your state all the important dates and deadlines if you need a voting ID to actually participate in the election. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of information and we kind of just like put it all there in a hub. And we also uplift like what voting rights looks like in your state mm -hmm. because voting rights is a big, it's a huge key piece of all of this. And young people don't necessarily recognize it as an issue, but like say if you're in college in Georgia, your college likely should have a place for you to vote on campus. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why you should have to drive a couple miles down the road to actually participate in an election. And I'm not sure if that's true, but that's just me giving an example. Yeah. But like that has something to do with voting rights, making sure that elections are accessible for young people to participate yeah. mm -hmm. in them. Yeah. I think that's something we definitely want to talk about because I mean you, you hear the term and you hear about you know sometimes they'll you'll hear about laws that are instituted in yeah. certain states like voter ID laws yeah. can you tell us a little bit about some of the threats to voting rights and you know some ways that someone who is just unaware might get kind of screwed out of voting and I guess just like what to look out for yeah so we do uplift a lot of that information and there's so many different ones that are taking place mm -hmm. and I can um, so we have a voting rights newsletter that kind of uplifts these specific fights and things that are taking place in the states so for example in Ohio they just the Supreme Court just passed a rule where they can actually purge voters from the rolls if they haven't participated in an election so it's like they're trying to present voting as a user 
use it or lose it type of thing, mm -hmm. but that's not the case. So say if you haven't participated in an election in two years and you kind of go to vote to participate in an election, I don't know, maybe you just haven't been able to participate. Maybe there aren't enough early voting options for you. Mm -hmm. You should still be able to participate in an election if you had prior registered, especially if you're at your same address. So this is like a policy that is used to target specific communities and stop them or like hindered them from participating in elections. So these are the types of policies and things that we're always ensuring that we're uplifting to young people mm -hmm. because it can be kind of wonky and confusing and they're like, oh, that could make sense. But no, this is something that's actually trying to stop people from participating in elections. I guess what I'm wondering is what are some of the most effective ways that you found to get young people engaged that yeah. are not necessarily galvanized by like a Parkland? Yeah, so I do think that one way young people specifically are getting engaged and get excited is issues that they care about mm -hmm. so even if it's not necessarily gun control or a movement like parkland that they're getting excited about it could be immigration mm -hmm. it could be racial justice it could be lgbtq rights so there's like so many issues that young people are extremely passionate about and a lot of them recognize that you know if i care about this issue i have to particip participate in this election so that i'm you know electing people that represent my values because you know young people overwhelmingly are becoming less democrat and less republican they're overwhelmingly like the independent generation. So we really make sure that we uplift all of the different types of issues that young people overwhelmingly just care about and show like, if you care about this issue, this is how you can participate in an election and use your actual voice to like make a stance on something that you really care about. So that's super interesting to me, especially that statistic that young people are becoming less partisan and kind of looking more issue based. Something else that I've read is that in the 2016 election, there was just I, I don't know the actual numbers, but like an incredible number of people who didn't vote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. like my question is, I guess, how do we let people know, you know, sort of the sheer like number of people who didn't vote in the last time and try to yeah. bring those people back for whatever reason, because there are definitely people who voted in the past who sat out this yeah. time and like how do we maybe get those people voting again I think um, so we did a bus tour in 2016 and we actually like went to different college campuses and universities and had conversations with the young people and I think a lot of what we heard when we were on the road is that it was just a lot going on in yeah. 2016 it was a lot of information yeah. it was a lot of discourse it was a lot of you know not uplifting and positive or exciting and I think um, what we really try to focus on is make it less about the candidates and again more about the issues because if you can keep someone engaged by something that hits home to them or something that's personal to them and not necessarily about the candidates then you can get them excited you can get them involved and I think in 2016 there it was a it was a special year I don't I don't yeah. know if we've I think the technical never seen term is a like shit that. show <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, did. yeah I do feel like it was a situation where like there were issues that so many people were passionate about Absolutely. are passionate about now but yeah. everything was so much about this fight between the two candidates yeah. that I think I can see where someone was just like, I don't see myself in any of this. Yeah. Like, I don't see anything that reflects my values or what I'm interested in being talked about here. And like some of that has to do with just the way it all played out on Absolutely. TV. Yeah. So that's another thing is like, 
how do we kind of move past the because the media is going to do what they're going to do you gotta have like real life like in-person interactions and mm-hmm. conversations with people one like really cool thing and i think this is i've only been at rock for two years but this is by far one of the most exciting and fun but like proud moments is we um did rnc events and dnc dnc events and so at the dnc we did like a pop-up art gallery and oh, so it was like cool. all of these issues being portrayed and like this thought-provoking, conversation-striking art. And then in the next room, you had actual like panel conversations going on about these issues that were being portrayed. And in that moment, it just became less about who was running, who's this, which person is crazier, and all of that. And it came more about like, this is real life stuff that people are going through. And the cool thing about that event is that we got people from actual like Philadelphia involved, like people from Philly, not necessarily the convention crowd, but like real people came in to have these conversations with their neighbors, with their friends, with different people from their community, people they may not have even seen if they weren't at this event. And I think it's just a matter of like figuring out how to have real life conversations with people about these issues. Mm-hmm. And it's less about the stories that the, you know, the media tells us about these candidates and more about like, all right, y'all, this is what's at stake. I mean, this year, I think 88% of like state legislators are up for elections. Every single U.S. Um, representative seat will be up for election. Mm-hmm. 36 states are electing new governors. That's a lot. That's, That's a like lot that. for people to focus on. And wow. it's a, it's like you, you need to recognize like you can, you can make a change. That's a lot on the table that we could focus on and literally like, you know, change the nation and see what we want as young people and have our issues and our values, like, you know, uplifted and have people that look like the changing, like our generation is very colorful. We're young, we're, we're very diverse in thinking socially. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we can have that represented. And I think this year, especially is such a special year to try and do that moving ahead of like 2020. Yeah. Especially with so much this up like yeah if you and we're up against up. the russians also so like i just don't want to let anyone forget that yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's but, tough. Yeah. Yeah. That, so you were just mentioning smaller elections do yeah. you does rock the vote have a different strategy for smaller elections as opposed to like presidential elections because yeah. i mean i i consider myself a highly engaged person I in terms it. of the news and politics yeah. but i don't vote in every small election and i'm the kind of person who like if if i'm not doing it then that's like shows you know yeah. a problem i think um so how do we get people and like myself included to be aware like i don't even know when there's yeah. always an election yeah so how how do we you have guys a solution for that yeah mm-hmm. so we have this really cool thing um on our website it's called election reminders mm-hmm. so basically you can sign up and based on your zip code we will text you and email you when an election oh. is taking place in your city whether it's like just a little special election that's happening we will let you know that special election is happening and actually like seeing you all the resources you need to prepare to participate in that election because oh, wow. a lot of people don't know if you know city council is happening this day and again it varies by state sometimes to the local level so it's just like that election it reminds me sometimes to vote and i'm just like oh y'all right. i didn't know i had an election <laughs> yeah. yeah that's like <laughs> right. extremely helpful because yeah. i've noticed here in new york that sometimes it's like hard like like there's so many different dates and like primaries happening at different yeah. times like there was the ocasio cortez election yeah. a little while back and i didn't actually have anyone in my area who was in that but i kept like trying to look it up and i was having yeah. i was having a hard time figuring out like Oh my god! Should I be vo- like? Right. Should I be voting today? Like, did, I, did I miss it's down to that zip code? Yeah, yeah. and it's, and then I know like the 
governor's primary is happening is happening <laughs> yeah. like there, there are different ones yeah. everywhere and so it can be like so confusing and then i see you know for me it's like i see my friends who live not far from me on social media and they're voting and yep. i'm like oh my god yeah. like did, did i, I vote yeah, yeah, like, right. like what is happening and then i like kind of like peeked at my polling place and i was like well nothing's going on in there yeah so, like, i'm telling you election reminders is where it's at yeah. i'm definitely gonna sign up for that <laughs> it's yeah. incredible is, is there are there like reforms that can be made at a i don't know a higher level so that things are not so confusing like i feel like people are something that prevents engagement is just like someone is just not knowing like if Elise doesn't know that's sort of yeah. that signals a problem to me because yeah yeah and I think the thing is is elections are a state-by-state basis it is a it is a control that the states hold and then sometimes even down to the local level um you know if we could get some universal policies I'm sure right. it would make it a lot easier mm-hmm. but being that it's so hyper local when it comes right. to actual elections taking place it can be confusing and that's why it's really important to just like have a website and this is me like not plugging rock the boat but because i actually use it as a resource and share it with like my family and friends it's just like if you can have a place to go and get all the information you need utilize that and it's like and even if you have people that chase you rock the boat's program will chase you to let you know like hey this is coming up and just to like make sure you're registered make sure you know where to actually vote at where your polling location is who you're like what election is actually taking place and then you can go like a little more confident a little more sure and just be like all right i know what i'm voting for i'm not just here like oh my gosh who are these candidates what are they doing or where am i going to be voting at and it's just it's so much that goes into elections but we really try to make like a one-stop shop because it can be extremely confusing i know i feel like we're in this unique position now which it's like like before like back in the day before we had like all the tools of the internet and social media and stuff it's like i mean that expounds the confusingness by about a gazillion like you're like how where do i even find out this information but now it's like with social media as a tool like yeah it's a great tool yeah and a lot of young people are on their phones right yeah like we're on social media we're on twitter we're on websites so that's why it's like if we can like get this to you if it's like a text code if it's a quick link if it's a link to our on our twitter or on our instagram Mm -hmm. like we're really trying to just like put it in front of people like hey these are all the elections taking place on this day and even on our twitter like we uplift every single Tuesday what's happening voter registration deadlines and just because there's so many dates especially in like a midterm election year and they're so different there's so many yeah Yeah. there's like a bunch there's like a bunch I just wrote one down for like the state senate candidate and my like there's just it's it's just happening at like all these different times I feel like one of the things that might be effective in getting more people to vote is sort of like making it cool to have an identity as a voter yeah like i i vote regularly i don't just vote once every four years like i'm the kind of person who's like I'm on top of this. The same way like working out didn't used to be as like trendy as it yeah. is now. Make voting voting can become trendy too. That yeah. sticker does a lot to yeah. people. I, yes. I, I, really, I really do love the sticker. And it's great. It really is. I've never gotten a sticker before. What? Like really? every single time that I've ever voted, there, my place has not had the stickers. I think where's your place? Okay. Call them. <laughs> I've always voted in like my hometown. Like I've been going home for elections. For, really? Like, where's your hometown? Long Island. There's no point. <laughs> it's not like I'm a swing district or anything, but like I was just like, I yeah. like even the, I didn't change my address until we were at the march, the the gun march. Oh, Someone came up to me and was really? like, "It's time." 
time. Like, Did you go yeah. to DC for the March? No, we did it here. Oh, cool. But so now I'm like registered in the correct place and it's probably much easier. Cool. But now, so yeah, I'm definitely going to sign up against some yeah, text and let messages. Them know, like, where are their stickers? Yeah. Because yeah. I actually, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to upset you, but last time I voted, they gave me multiple stickers. How did you Ooh. not give me one? I, they yeah, gave me like basically like the whole roll. They were like, here's like five stickers. So it looks like they're sending all the stickers to Brooklyn and yeah. they're sending any stickers to Long Island. I don't have any sticker shortage. I want us to make like a fun sticker that's like a play on an I voted sticker to help this like I, oh, this voter identity yeah. thing. That's, yeah. a good, that's a yeah. good idea. It's like making people like think it's cool and trendy and I feel like maybe, maybe, maybe a little late for like our age to do it but i feel like no, the parkland kids can do it we can do it okay yeah, let's we all do, can it. do it let's make being a voter cool i yeah. mean also, make voting cool again right? <laughs> the value of those i voted instagrams like any election day you yeah. see all of it and it yeah, is kind of yeah, like this, so much fun it's right. really fun and it is kind of like this social signal and i will yeah. literally look at the hashtag of the election day and like just see everyone's see day. election day yeah. is like it's like I a mini election. super bowl yes no. yeah. right i i love i personally like love the like vibe of election day yeah yeah i feel, feel like there's so like empowered yeah like, right. i love going to my polling I place i love that right. feeling yeah. of being in there and well i feel like something that gets lost and maybe this is why our like our eight like millennials are not yeah. as engaged is because we haven't been alive for like a voting fight so mm, like the point. last so, like women had to earn the right to vote like yeah. fairly i mean like a, a century ago pretty much yeah like african-americans had to learn that before so it's not like it's come it's come much easier to us and been taken for granted rather than like if you saw if we saw a group that was fighting for voting rights i feel like we might feel differently like and oh I this is actually privilege there's a fight going on now yes to protect the right to right vote. Mm-hmm. because right. there's con- like even what we just talked about in ohio there's constant threats to people's right to vote so it's like but again i think it's just a matter of it can be pretty confusing and wonky and sometimes the way things are phrased it's like oh of course that makes sense but it's like no it doesn't let me break it down why it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense right but i think it's like we're on the verge of something happening and it's like becoming an awakening in people like oh this is actually an issue and it's something i should care about and be aware of but like we're on the brink right. of it that's yeah. one thing that i want wanted to ask you um in like with those issues that are barriers to voting that sound like oh it makes sense but then when you break it down you actually see yeah. that it's a barrier uh voter, voter ID. ids yep. i feel that like it's one, one of those is yeah. one of those ones that like it's not, like honestly if you presented it to me just like yeah. oh you should have an id to vote i would be like oh that makes sense but same. could you break down why it is in fact a barrier yeah so say for example if you go to college and New Jersey, but you're from another state and you still have your at home state ID, but you, we always tell people register to vote where you feel like is home. Home is Mm -hmm. now New Jersey. So you should kind of be able to vote with your school ID in New Jersey. If that's not something that's, and again, this is just an example. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if this is actually the case, but in Jersey specifically, but um, if you or you should be able to just say your name because you registered and then go participate. And some people aren't even able to pay for IDs to vote. Right. But then you have incredible organizations like Spread the Vote, for example, mm-hmm. who works to get people voter IDs in states that require voter IDs. It's a barrier because everyone doesn't have access to be able to get this type of ID right. without organizations like Spread the Vote that are helping them on the ground to do that. And then it's a barrier because, say, for students, for example, like if you're in a state, but you you live in the state, you got your ID in the state, you were raised there, you 
got your driver's license, but then you're in another state for school. Right. You know, that they can like turn you away if that ID doesn't match your state in some cases. So it's just like, it sounds like, oh, it makes sense for us to be able to do voter ID, but it can be very like, just not accessible and makes sense for everyone. Can you share some stats about um, voting about like voter fraud because again i think like what people bring up is like oh well you have people voting who for people for dead people or you have people voting for i don't know voting multiple times so how frequently does that really happen i know some people claim it's it's three million times it can be very rare and the voter fraud conversation again is something that's become super hyper partisan Mm -hmm. because it's it's it can be very very rare that it takes place and happens and it's and we don't want it to be something that like actual americans are afraid of how our you know democracy works so it's something that we definitely try to uplift but be very strategic about how we uplift it because it's rare cases most of the time yeah Yeah. okay that's good to know that makes sense yeah to me it's just one i mean obviously with anything like it's not like it never has happened yeah. like obviously it has happened it has occurred right. but it's not like something that you should be like very afraid is going on yeah. in mass in and your that's, area and that's something we've been hearing but, a lot from the top i'm yeah. just i'm just afraid that like if we say we shouldn't be afraid of it and i don't support voter id laws but i i'm afraid <laughs> that if we say that we shouldn't be afraid of it that they're the other side and again not sound hyper person but yeah. like that will it, it could eventually become co-opted and like it could ultimately end up hurting us and i think what we try to do is something we've learned is that young people don't necessarily respond well to like negative or like mm-hmm. bad news or like not good statistics so we try to make sure we're uplifting in an honest but like a an uplifting way like a this is an issue but this is how you can fight this yeah. is how you can stop yeah. it this is what you can do to combat it so we're really particular about how we uplift those types of stories yeah that may uh, well we uh, a while back we had some people from um an lgbtqia organization called voices for mm-hmm. and and one of them, I think it was Adam Eli, but I'm not sure which of the two, if it was Adam or Vinny, was saying like, anytime he posts something, he tries to make it not just, even if it's about something like bad that's yeah. happening, he tries to add an uplifting you tone to, to it yeah. and that there's a call to action yes. too. That it's never just like, wow, this is really sad and I'm bummed. It's like, wow, this is really sad, but like, look at how everyone is rallying around yes. it and you can do so as exactly. well. Like, like by adding that. Calls to actions yeah. are extremely I important. Saw this, I saw this Mr. Rogers quote, or I think it was Mr. Rogers. I don't know why I'm quoting this, but I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> and it was like, in any like tragedy, you should like look for the people who are helping look for the helpers yeah. yes. Ooh, I like that yeah, yeah. I've it's, seen that I've literally like seen that a bunch of places look for the thank helpers thank you Instagram yeah I feel like rock the vote we're trying they're the helpers yeah. Yeah. Um, you all are too you should give it up to you. yourself yeah, we thank try you. we definitely are trying so we wanted to play a little game oh yes um, but first I have to send any emoji to Kay so she will come in here and film the game alright uh, yeah. in the meantime have you guys heard about the Mr. Rogers documentary it's apparently really good no have you heard is about the Robin Netflix? Williams one it's really good is I it okay one. where's this all at Robin Williams is HBO Robin oh, Williams okay. is on HBO I have HBO yes. yeah <laughs> my um, my friend's friend's uncle has HBO, and as a result, <laughs> I, have, I have HBO. Please, I feel like you could get someone closer. Like, do you want to use mine? Honestly, I like that it's like this far yeah. away. 
<laughs> change his password anytime soon. No. I, if it's an uncle, he probably won't. No. I do, Uncle's like, never I do dread password. the day where I like type it in and it's like, you're out. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> you can call me. Uh, okay. I will do that. I will put out the call. All right. So we're going to play a game. Okay. Um, I'm going to be just I'm going to be a millennial okay. which I am and I'm going to give you my reasons why I can't come to vote Uh-oh. and you're going to tell me why I should do it anyway all right okay Here it's a little nothing. bit a little bit of an improv game all right let's see if I'm good yeah I'll put my UCB <laughs> training to work um okay <clears throat> or at I think I should be out of it because I'm not in it that's fine. Yeah. Shanice. Yes. I really want to vote, but I'm worried that I'm going to run into my ex at my polling place. Um, what time does he get to work? <laughs> or <laughs> he is not working right now. <laughs> he, we broke up and it's just like, hasn't worked out for him. Okay. Um, so, but he's usually, um, he's usually in a Krav Maga class at like 12 p.m. All right. So we need to vote early or later. So maybe like soon as the polling location opens, because if he's not working, he's probably going to be sleeping in late. Mm-hmm. So maybe like soon as they open, you get in, get out and go on about your business. I do love to get up early and get a juice. I think you should do it. That's what I'm going to do. I love it. Okay. Solving problems. <laughs> okay. Uh, new, new voter. Okay. Um, <laughs> Shanice, tell me. I really want to vote. Okay. But I have to go home to Long Island and they do not have stickers. <laughs> so, you ooh, you can like do the Twitter sticker. <laughs> you can like just digital sticker place it on your shirt, post your picture and keep it moving. Wow, I love that because my <laughs> issue is environmental yes, um, friendliness and so now I no longer have yep. to have the wasteful sticker. Digital sticker all day. Uh, okay, I'm definitely going like to vote. 10. I'm <laughs> Definitely going to vote. Um, okay, one final one. Jeez, um, mm-hmm. I really want to vote, but they won't let me Insta story at my polling place. So, Insta story beforehand, you can like take a selfie of yourself as you're voting. Don't don't show your ballot. Keep mm-hmm. your personal information personal, and then as soon as you get out, let them know how it went on Insta stories. Wow, and then it adds like a little mystery. Yeah. Like they're gonna see me before, and then they're gonna see Tell me them after. How it went. Like, hey, I was in there. I did it. Okay. I marked my ballot up. Okay, I'm definitely making my voice up. heard. Keep it Not moving. Spawn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we Not addressed sponsored. all potential issues. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only three issues. Yeah. That three, ever those into. are the three yeah. things that have been keeping millennials away from the polls. Yes. <laughs> Boyfriends, stickers, and then and, Insta, and Insta What about just like my bed is so fucking comfortable and like I need <laughs> to be a voter. <laughs> right. Right. Noon voter. Stay. Yeah. I'm bedridden. <laughs> Then you can do absentee. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Melon. Yes. Like, there's so many different options for oh all gosh. types of people. Yeah. All right. I did absentee for Obama. <laughs> yeah. I did do absentee Aww, for Obama. Yes. And that was the first time I got to vote. So that was very, Aww, yeah. That was my first, my yeah. first election. And 08 or 12? 08. Ooh, 08. And that's my, exciting. my school actually had this, where my, my school did a really cool thing that was called Candidates Day, where all the seniors got to meet, like, all the candidates because they were going to be able to vote for the first time. So it was, wow. like, a cool like, thing. And also in Virginia, if you were going to. Oh, you're to, from Virginia? Yes. Yeah, I live in Virginia. Really? Yeah, oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm from Fairfax County. I live in Arlington. Okay. Yeah. Well, so in Virginia, if you are going to be 18 during the general election, you are allowed to vote in the primary at yeah. 17. So that was the first. The first time I voted was in that That's primary. Awesome. It almost sounds like they're not into voter suppression then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Virginia, they have some work to do that. Yeah, Virginia <laughs> is is a mix of a lot of 
different people's ideas. <laughs> Northern is. Virginia is very different yes. from Virginia. Wow. <laughs> yes, that's also true. Um, well, Shanice, it was so amazing yeah, to have you here. Yeah. Thank you so much. We yes. feel like you're one of the helpers. I'm ready. Yes. Um, and where can we follow you? And specifically, where can we get the text message updates about our elections? Because I'm going to do that like right now. Yes. So. Basically, what you can do is you can text right now, register to 788-683. That can technically get you registered, but you can also get plugged into our election reminders program. So if anyone listening needs to get registered to vote, you can literally text register to 788-683. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm just Shanice underscore S. Amazing. And we Wait, actually... What if, I, what if I'm registered, but I just want the voting reminders? Yeah, so it'll tell you in there. Oh, I just have to, I yeah, have to text, text that. It, we'll start a conversation with you. Yep. Oh, cool. Um, and we are actually creating our own link with you guys, yes. which we are going to be promoting in the Betches Up newsletter. I'm sure right. we'll be putting it on our Insta story. It's so be please, great. please look out for our link as well. If you are signed up for the newsletter... That's going to come right into your inbox. Yeah, I'm literally signing up for my alerts right now. Yay, I'm yeah. excited. So now you never have to miss an election. We'll text you. Yeah. That's no, amazing. I, that's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Anything yeah. that is text-based. I'm literally Love doing it. it. Like right here. Everyone do it. Yeah, it's do necessary. it. It's really easy. And it's like just like it's happening right before. Just like texting. Look, it's, it's taking place. Yeah. On You're already phone. on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Just, just yeah. send the text. Also like that guy's not going to text you back. Just like do <laughs> yeah. something else. Yeah, that is a good way to avoid double texting a guy who hasn't texted <laughs> you. Is it's like, okay, for every text I want to send him, I'm going to text Rock the phone. Or you yeah. can text someone and be like, hey. Texas are here. Yes. Get registered, get plugged in, all that good stuff. That's wonderful. This yes. is all great advice. Jeez, thank you so much for of coming. Course. Thank you. Yes. Yes. This has been great. All right, rock the vote, guys. Until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Rounds. I'm saying Fishbone. And this is the Betches Up podcast. Woo! This made me feel like democracy might not end. Betches.